0: When I moved here, it was just a fit. Uh, this place means a lot to me. I've got here as a kid, and I've become a man, and it's it's been very, very, very good to a kid that you know grew up in Utica, Kansas. For me to call Wichita home is is something I don't don't take very lightly. It's it's very important.
1: Welcome
2: back to another episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. My name is Landon. Our first sponsor today is Erica with Midwest Fresh Homes. If you hadn't noticed, the housing market is hot right now. It is the definition of a seller's market. That brings up the question, is now a good time to sell? Head over to midwestfreshhomes.com and get your free home valuation today. Our next sponsor is Il Primo Espresso Cafe. We recently did a favorite coffee bracket challenge on Instagram and Twitter. After hundreds of votes, Il Primo came out as a winner for both brackets. Check out Il Primo today. Today's guest is Ron Baker. Ron grew up in Scott City before walking on at Wichita State and playing a pivotal role in the best run of Shocker Basketball, which included a Final Four appearance, an undefeated regular season, and beating the Jayhawks. We talk about his time at Wichita State, playing in the NBA in Russia, as well as the upcoming TBT Basketball Tournament, where he will try to help the Aftershocks win a million dollars as the head GM. Enjoy my conversation with Ron Baker. All right, I'm here with Ron Baker. How you doing, man?
0: I'm good landon how are you thanks for having me on yeah I think absolutely it's going to be a, a lot of fun
2: yeah i'm looking forward to it been wanting to have you on for a while and so it's it's about time i think we're past due but i think it's a good timing with everything going on right now so
0: <laughs> no it's, this is great uh for those people who don't know me and you live in the dorms here at wsu so like you said this is this has been a long time coming me and you have a lot of mutual friends in the city and your names come up in a lot of areas I've been at and a lot of people speak highly of you and I really appreciate uh, what you've done with this podcast and promoting Wichita. It's a beautiful city and I think it deserves all the all the credit.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for coming on. Um like you said, uh, we met in the dorms. I think you lived a couple of doors down. Um they smashed the academic scholarships with the athletic scholarship kids and we so it's coming up 10 years now. That's crazy to think about, but uh, we're yeah.
0: getting old. Yeah, we're getting we're getting to that age, man, you've, you've had your first child, which congrats you and Thank you. Happy Thank for you. you guys both, but yeah, living in the Fairmount dorms. We're, we're so old. Those aren't even around anymore. Yeah.
2: RIP. The kids don't even know what those are
0: anymore. <laughs> yeah. They're just a vacant lot now up there on campus.
2: But yeah.
3: The, for real. The
0: cool thing is, you know, we're, we're that, that age where WSU is starting to become a very, very unique, modern campus. Yeah. The dorms we lived in were extremely old, but it's good to <laughs> see that the generosity that is around Wichita to help aid that campus and make mm-hmm. it what it is 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 very, very cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't even recognize it half the time. I mean, I drive by it on the way to work every day and it's still like I don't know what half the buildings are. New ones are mm-hmm. popping up every day, and it's pretty cool to see though.
0: It's it's very cool to see what it's become. We I do miss Brayburn golf course, but yeah, <laughs> it is uh it is cool to see all the very nice architectural buildings that are Mm -hmm. going up on the the east side of of campus it's it's very impressive
2: yeah for sure um so let's just start from the beginning so you're from Mm -hmm. small town scott city or i guess i think i've listened i listened to a couple podcasts before this Mm -hmm. that you've had so you've kind of making the the circuit over the past six months or a year it seems like a little bit on various podcasts but um so high school is in scott city but tell us a little bit about what small town life is like
0: so uh i grew up in a town called utica Kansas, for those who don't know where that's at. If you look at a map, you can go to Hayes, which is on I-70. And if you basically just draw a line from Hayes to Scott city, it'll basically go Southwest straight line. And Utica is basically in the center of that line. Mm -hmm. Population growing up was around 300 people. My mom was a elementary teacher there in town. And my dad worked at the co-op and farmed for a living. I have two siblings, one's a year younger than me. Uh, My sister, she lives here in Wichita. She's looking to get an OT job in the near future. And my brother is four years younger than me and played baseball in Portia State and now coaches and teaches at Chaparral, which is just down Mm -hmm. the road. We had probably anywhere from six to eight kids in our grade growing up in Utica. In 2000, we commuted from Utica to Healy, which is another small school and went to school there. Um, I don't think I recall having any more than eight to 12 kids in our class at Healy. So very small, small town. You could walk through the high school, mm-hmm. junior high, elementary school, K through 12, and you could name everybody in your school.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You had your lunches together in those mm-hmm. in those small schools. So. Very, very humbling when I get to go back there and see where my journey as a kid started. Yeah. Uh, and then 2004, my family and I moved to Scott City and went to junior high and high school there. I graduated in 2011 with a little over 55 kids in my class. So mm-hmm. still a small school, could go through high schools. You knew everyone by first and last mm-hmm. name.
2: Was that 2 3 How big a school was that?
0: Yeah, so we were always a fairly decent-sized 3-A. in the state of kansas we were 4a a couple years but mainly 3a and now a still kind of a large 3a very blue-collared community farming and cattle is mainly the the revenue that goes through that city uh then let's see 2011 graduated ended up walking on wichita state and Mm -hmm. played five years with with our shockers yeah here and Had some tremendous memories met a lot of cool people like yourself in the dorms that first year. I think that was one of the cooler experiences. I I talked to a lot of high school kids that are going to college now and they don't want to live in the dorms and Mm -hmm. I've met so many cool people that first year in the dorms up on up on campus lived with a couple guys that were in those dorms and made relationships and now that I'm done playing basketball and done with that, I've, I've learned that building relationships started in the dorms and now I get to expand my relationships throughout Wichita. But those, those first ones I built were in the dorms yeah, here on campus.
2: Yeah. Um, so back in Scott city, you were a three sport athlete, right? Was basketball always your best sport or what were, what was your best sport growing up?
0: So growing up, baseball was kind of the sport we all, loved and enjoyed the most my dad played baseball at four hay state mm-hmm. and it was just a a sport that i picked up on pretty pretty young and i remember swinging a bat when i was two or three years old
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh t-ball and all that i think not till my junior year did i realize basketball was something i wanted to do mm-hmm. i grew up watching ku play mm-hmm. basketball as a big Kirk Heinrich and Nick Collison fan. I never really growed until I, excuse me, never really grew until I was 17. I think I was six foot. So baseball was just a natural sport for my size. baseball size. yeah. Yeah, athletic ability. I sprouted about four inches in between my junior and senior year. And I always loved basketball, but I just kind of in the back of my mind, the reality was I wasn't big enough. Right. So once I... I'd say once I got to be 17, that's when I was 6'4, And I had the athletic ability to compete at a level that gave me confidence and could propel me into the D one. Yeah, for sure. Arena. So was always a baseball fan, but like I said, once I gained confidence in myself from my height and my athletic ability, that's when it kind of shifted to, to basketball, yeah. but always, always loved football as well. I always tell people, especially now with kids, joining club teams and playing Mm. one sport year round multi-sport athletes i feel gain more from like a structure standpoint in football you obviously you 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 don't have a you have a play every five seconds and then it's like okay i can rest so there's not much endurance but you get the physical aspect Mm -hmm. from it you get the toughness you have to you know think Pretty quickly when the play is going live, uh, basketball obviously is an endurance sport. You gotta train yourself to be in good shape, better than your opponent. Uh, there's always strategy, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of a lot of things that can teach you, uh, especially when you may not be in the starting lineup or you're coming off the bench. There's just a lot of different things because it's only a five five person team sport. So. Right a lot of things you can learn from it from that aspect uh, i think the biggest sport i learned from was baseball matter of fact
1: mm-hmm.
0: i played shortstop in high school and uh, i remember my dad was our coach and he was always stressing about short-term memory mm-hmm. in baseball you you never know when a, a ball is going to be hit to you at shortstop and you you have to have that mental capacity to focus because yeah. you can be ready but also, when you when you strike out, you can't take that strike out to the field. So, no. yeah, because you you, if, if you're outlet.
2: pouting about it, it's it's coming right yeah. at you next play. It's
0: that you know that ground ball is going to come right up your mm-hmm. out. So you you definitely learn a lot of mis- mental mental toughness, and you have to have a sharp mental mind to to play baseball. So there's always something I learned from all three sports, and mm-hmm. it propelled me into to basketball when I got to college. I could use all those aspects in the yeah, game. Yeah, for sure.
2: So you were a walk-on at Wichita State. Was there some kind of a – I know sometimes with walk-ons, it's kind of like a preferred walk-on. Like mm-hmm. you've got a good shot at earning a scholarship pretty quickly after that. What was that conversation Conversation like with Coach Marshall kind of heading into college? Sure.
0: Yeah, so I knew what the details were. Coach Jans and Coach Marshall both agreed to put me on scholarship going into the 2012 season mm-hmm. prior to me even getting to campus in
3: 2011.
0: Yeah. Uh, they knew a roster – or. Yeah, scholarship was freeing up yeah. in that year, but they had they had only started recruiting me in April. So they were already
3: Okay, yeah. So there's a timing period. Yeah.
0: yeah, they were started recruiting me in late March, early April, April, and I saw I'd committed to anybody uh, and ended up agreeing to pay my way that first year. Mm-hmm. And I actually signed my national letter of intent the week before our first game. Oh wow. So I I, I was on I was gonna be on scholarship in two thousand twelve. I knew right away because they were they were easy to work with. They they verbally promised me a scholarship. Sure. Uh, So going into the year, signed that national letter of intent and it was it was kind of hum it was just like a humbling experience. I never really thought I would play at the level I was at. And Mm -hmm. to sign a, you know, a full ride scholarship to play a a kid's game that you love was very humbling me, humbling to me. I remember texting my family before that tournament we left for my Mm -hmm. freshman year and telling them that I just signed my letter of intent. And that was a memory that I'll cherish for a long time.
2: Yeah, that's that's incredible. Um, Besides that, obviously, which is probably one of your favorite memories. What are some of the other memories that stand out from playing during your five years?
0: You always remember your first game Mm -hmm. you starred in my red shirt year. I, I, uh, played in a game exhibition game against Pitt state. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And that was my, or excuse me, Emporia state actually down the, down the road from us, uh, you always remember your first game as a college athlete, pro athlete, high Mm -hmm. school, even, uh, so that, that was a memory that I have. Uh, and then we can get into a lot of really cool memories obviously the final four mm-hmm. uh, beating ohio state to go to the final four uh the cool the cool thing i always tell people about the that final four in 2013 is i remember starting in the game and getting on the court and that year we were in the georgia dome mm-hmm. and you could look up in the rafters and you could see so far as somebody that they just looked like a little figure like you couldn't mm-hmm. see them move like so I was like, these people are paying crazy amount of money mm-hmm. to sit a half a mile <laughs> into the <laughs> yeah. sky just to watch this game. And I also remember it just being weird because it was the first Final Four in my entire life I hadn't watched. Yeah, because that's a great point. Yeah, it. yeah, I was in it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and then, you know, the good, great memory was uh, I think the biggest memory of the next season was playing at Illinois state and we were undefeated mm-hmm. and it was one of the Illinois state and Indiana state were two of the teams that we kind of had circled on the, the uh, schedule that could give us a pretty close game at their place. And I remember to cotton dunk with about six minutes to go <laughs> in the game and his head hit the backboard. And mm-hmm. The fire alarms went off. Everyone started leaving the,
1: <laughs> that
3: was ridiculous. That was gym. awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Obviously, going going into that year, we knew we were pretty pretty talented, and for us to go undefeated is a memory I have
1: mm-hmm.
0: from that season. Uh, the next season, beating my childhood favorite team, KU, mm-hmm. in Omaha, that one's pretty obvious to me. Hitting some big shots and looking up at your parents and realizing that you're you know got to beat a uh, his very historic team. Mm-hmm. A team that you grew up in, a team that drew you to the game. Yeah, absolutely. So that was uh, that was a very very big memory. And then obviously senior night, my last year, was something mm-hmm. I remember. There's nothing better than seeing ten thousand five respected individuals up in the crowd showing you respect as a as a collegiate athlete, holding yeah, up your sure. jersey, seeing family there, and seeing how far and far you've came as a as an individual and as a man it was probably my top top memory as a as a shocker
2: yeah absolutely yeah we uh we actually we drove down to atlanta for that final four okay, I thought that, so, yeah. yeah we were we were yeah. front row that was awesome mm-hmm. uh candace and andy cole and some of those guys right. that was a blast yeah that was so fun that was
0: the the cool thing i remember seeing our students who traveled they actually had pretty solid tickets on the end oh, yeah. zone oh end yeah. Zone side. yeah
2: it was it was kind of a mad dash and like they lined us up and then we moved into this other room and you kind of had to get your seats all lined up but that itself was kind of a interesting experience but it was just so cool to see I mean how big that place was I'd never been down there before and just how big it was and I mean you zoom out and how little the basketball court is in comparison (laughs) but that was a lot of fun yeah that was a great memory
0: yeah I I can imagine it was it was good to obviously play in a final four but playing in a football Mm -hmm. (laughs) stadium is it's yeah. something that's kind of interesting though, but like yeah. you said, final four, wouldn't miss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was great to see students that I'd lived and lived with in the dorms at, at those games. That was really yeah. cool.
2: Yeah. That stretch of years. I was just actually just talking to somebody about that, this the other day, but like that stretch kind of, I mean, when we were in college, basically it was just so much fun. Like, yeah. I don't want to say we peaked, but like just that stretch, we hadn't had that success before at Wichita state. And that was just so cool to see and experience firsthand and yeah it was awesome
0: the coolest part was just sharing it with others Mm -hmm. like you you make connections throughout all those years and when you can go places and obviously be with people who love Wichita State and they're appreciative of the effort you're giving each Mm -hmm. and every day like that that makes you feel like you've you've come a long ways and you've almost helped them in a way like they, they can they can call Wichita State home they like going to school there they love going to the games they love watching you supportive it's just a great chemistry the whole school kind of had oh for sure and it it was crazy to
2: see like because I don't know if it's still free, but students got free tickets. And so it was like, you could see the difference between like, you could show up five minutes before the game and get a ticket to in the middle of that run. And it was like, you have to camp out at 6am to get those tickets (laughs) or the night before to get those tickets. And so it was crazy to see the difference, especially like after the final four undefeated year. Yeah, it was, Mm -hmm. it was nuts. But um, do you stay in touch with a lot of the guys?
0: Yeah. So what's been great is uh, I'm helping out with TBT this year Mm -hmm. and we, we sent out, I think, 280-ish invites to all ex-players.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, ex-players meaning more or less that you you finished your eligibility here sure. as a player. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sent those out and have been getting pretty solid feedback. Uh, we're going to have a little all ex-player reunion around the weekend really of the cool, TBT. Yeah. So it's been cool to reconnect with some of the you know the older generation mm-hmm. of players. Uh, but as far as X players, social media has been great. You can keep up with those guys yeah. pretty easily. Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. um, people post on their story, You chime in here and there. So connecting yeah. like that's been fairly, fairly easy. Uh, but our connection as a team through those years was so good. You will see these guys here in a, a week or so. And I mean, we'll basically kick it off right where we left off and yeah. we, we haven't skipped a beat, even though it's been tough to maybe connect through the yeah. years. The connection is still there. That makes yeah. Sense. It's
2: a special bond. And I think I saw I don't know, maybe it was an Eagle article or something about how I mean, assuming Wichita continue to host for sure, just because right. of the turnout, but it basically is like a family reunion for you guys. Now at least once a year you guys all get together and hang out and then have some fun and play some basketball. So
0: Yeah, this is this has been obviously a lot of fun to put together, but this is something I think we want to continue to grow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I want it to be like every ex-player is looking forward to when that TBT bracket is released. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yep. I'm going to circle that weekend on my calendar. I got to go mm-hmm. back. I got to meet some of my, some of my ex-players. And that's kind of the the reason I wanted to, to help with it. And I know the guys that are helping coach it and organize it are yeah. in it for the right reasons. So. Right, be great to see all those guys back and hopefully this can continue to grow i know in 2019 it was a tremendous turnout and the fans really enjoyed it yeah and that's sure. also what it's about
2: yeah absolutely because i think i don't remember the exact stats but it was like seven or eight thousand people showed up at coke arena compared to mm-hmm. the next biggest regional was like maybe three or four and so it was like yeah it's kind of a no-brainer for wichita to continue mm-hmm. to host but it's it's just cool to see that wichita is a basketball city and how, yeah, how I we think this, turn out. Yeah.
0: Wichita has just historically always been a basketball, basketball town, but mm-hmm. reality, the state of Kansas is, is the seat of basketball. Oh, I mean, for sure. Started yeah. Here and yeah. It's grown in Wichita, I think through the years and in the eighties and, and then our run, I think has really brought this city at, together as a whole. Yeah. And they love, they love the shockers and they love basketball. So that's, Mm-hmm. good for us moving forward as a program
2: yeah because I I remember I think we were in seventh grade maybe with the sweet 16 run with Mark okay. Turgeon yeah. Some, something yeah. like that we were in like middle school and so I like mm-hmm. I mean I, I was a little bit of a Wichita State fan I watched KU more growing up too um, right but then like really the final four is kind of what really put Wichita Wichita State on the map like a lot of people didn't mm-hmm. know where Wichita was before that and then everyone's sure. hearing it on the tournament year after year and it kind of <laughs> ingrains it okay it's right in the middle of Kansas and
0: the best part of coming to school here, Landon, was trying to describe to people what Wu was.
2: Yep, it's it's tough.
0: Like, <laughs> does he have wheat for hair? Yeah, yeah. But he's like a bundle. That's not his head. Like, it's a bundle of wheat. Right. Well, what's a bundle? You're like, it, it's just Here wheat, we go. Okay? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right.
2: Exactly. Um, so while we're on the the subject of the TBT, we'll go ahead and talk about it. So for people that don't know, it's the basketball tournament. Um, I believe the prize is a million dollars. Most of them are, yeah. um, alumni teams or current, mm. uh, overseas players and that kind of thing. Yep. Um, so while we're on it, cause I'm sure people will ask you are not playing and right. why are you not playing?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> sure. So I had hip surgery reconstruction surgery, uh, last September, and my recovery is just not going as I've planned it to be. So mm-hmm. I'm actually not a healthy individual currently. Sure. All I do in my free time is golf and sometimes <laughs> play pickleball. So,
1: yeah,
0: uh, but like I had said, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it. I know Zach Bush, J.R. Simon, but mm-hmm. Garrett Stutz, and I are the four that are helping organize it. And it's been, it's been great. Uh, the six guys that originally kind of contacted Zach Bush to to play were Connor Frankamp, Samaje Haynes, Jones, Marcus McDuffie, Richard Kelly, and Daryl Willis. Mm-hmm. So those were our main six. And the the fun part about this was those six kind of constructed the team. Okay, cool. They, they were they were the guys that had said, "Hey, try this name, try that name, reach out to this guy. I think he could be a great piece." And mm-hmm. with that, we were able to get, um, kill Cotton, who mm-hmm. I I played with, oh
3: yeah.
0: Uh, once once we we had him kind of locked in, it it got it kind of started to draw draw Trey Murray and yeah. Jamie Etchenique, mm-hmm. uh, which both those guys sadly are hurt. But when you get a guy like Takel, like that's fun because everyone's like, I love Takel Cotton. Oh, yeah. I, if he's playing, I'm playing. So that yeah. was cool to see. Uh, Tyrus McGee is a guy that we mm-hmm. signed, uh, who played at Iowa State when I was in college. Very good player off the bench for them, but he is good friends with Joe Ragland, who was an okay, ex soccer yeah. yeah. and they were both they were both in the Israel Israel league okay. this past year. Uh, and then another kid we signed is from Central Michigan called David DeLeo, and he was Connor Frankamp's uh, teammate. Okay, so you have these guys that have a connection to yeah, yeah. former shockers. I was going to ask how they came the along. Rimbles. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's uh, how that kind of came to be. And then, Oh, uh, DeMonte Dodd is a kid that played at Maryland and he's from the DC area and okay. him and Richard grew up playing basketball. Okay. So there we go.
2: Okay.
3: There's the last connection. All, yeah. All,
0: yeah. We're all connected at some way or some form. Mm-hmm. That's been the the fun part to see how the team kind of came together uh, the TBT tournament, though, 64 team, winner take all,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Wichita is a, a great site. A lot of fans will be coming to it. 16 teams will have four games a day, starting the 16th, 17th, and 18th, mm-hmm. and then we'll have two games on the 20th. Uh, those last two games, the winners of those, we advance to Dayton mm-hmm. and play play the final final games there. Cool. Uh, but it's it's been cool to see how this how this tournament has has grown in 19 i think it was even a two million dollar purse so i think yeah definitely growing the right direction and it's a it's a fun style of basketball it's it's not going to be uh you know walk it up the court and mm-hmm. run a set not a lot of x and os in this it's it's a it's a tough time to be honest to play these games because it's in the middle of these these pro players is off season yeah so coming into it it, it really is just about your, your light structure. I mean, make sure these guys have some sort of structure when they play in it, but Mm -hmm. you still want them to have fun. And if if we can come out, have fun. I I really like our team right now. It's been fun to be a part of. I know Wichita, Wichita town appreciates it. And I look forward to seeing that connection with our ex players and the players that we've kind of brought along with us to connect with our fans and be back in Coke arena full go.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I believe. So there's an Elam ending. So for what people, can you explain that? I guess, can you explain that for what people don't know?
0: Sure. So the last TV timeout, which is after four minutes, if there's a dead ball foul, whatever you take that team, that's winning say Landon's team has 70 points and I have 60 points. Now we're playing to the first team to 79. So you just so add nine to whatever the top score is. You add nine to the top score, and we're off to the races. Nice. So that that's an interesting ending. Uh, yeah. They want all games to end. I could be wrong. It could be eight or nine. I believe it's nine, but yeah, points. But the reason for it is you want to eliminate fouls late game. You want to eliminate teams stalling. And you you know you want to give that team that. Is down. It's wow. uh, still a chance to win. Right, right. So you'll, the game clock will completely shut off. You will have a shot clock still, but not until someone scores. Yeah, like it mid, makes it way more so exciting. Yeah. Example. Yeah, you're gonna have every. You'll have a game-winning basket, whether it be a free throw, a three, or a two mm-hmm. on every single game.
2: Yeah, that's really cool. So, so in that case, I think I might know who your answer is. But who's taking the last shot if we need the last shot?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think the whole town would uh, probably probably could get this one but if we need a last shot I think he made a couple game winners this this past year in Spain I'm gonna have to go with Connor Frankamp. camp mm-hmm. uh, but I know there's a few guys on our team that averaged over about 16 points per game this year so mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see how how everyone gels together yeah uh, for sure as far as you know the scoring goes but yeah. I could, I could probably trust Connor Frank camp and I'm mm-hmm. sure you, you could too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's good. We have a, a few options, so they can't just double team Connor. Mm-hmm. We got a couple guys to dish too. Yeah. Um, yep. So I think I, I haven't looked at the bracket in a while, but I believe I don't want to look past the first round, obviously, but I think sure. it's kind of the K-State alums and the Creighton alums. So who would you prefer right. to play just based on history? Kind of got the Kansas tie versus kind of the old yeah. rivalry tie.
0: Yeah, obviously, like you said, the expats. they're I've looked at their roster, and they've got some guys that are very talented. Uh, but if you know, if we were to take care of them, that's that's a tough question. Because the cool thing about this TBT is a lot of fans are going to be able to see other opponents that maybe were in the tournament back in the day, or even mm-hmm. played at Coke Arena. So, right, I I'd love to have Creighton back in there. Uh, yeah, I know for sure, their fan base would definitely attend a lot of the games here in oh, yeah. and i'm oh, sure yeah. there's gonna be some k-state fans too I'm, I'm good friends with a couple of the k-state guys but i would have to go with creighton I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd want to see them back in in coca arena just from the his, history that we've had in the past going Absolutely. back to you know mcdermott and those those guys so
2: yeah that was a lot of fun it'd be
0: really cool I, yeah
2: yeah, that was a lot of fun. Those were some of the, the best games. Those are the games you had to camp out early for because yeah. everybody was trying to get those tickets.
0: Yeah, I think it was our freshman year. They came to our place on New Year's Eve,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it was a blackout, and we yep. ended up winning, and probably one of the loudest I've heard, Coke Arena. Throughout yeah, yeah, I the remember year. that. So yeah, for some, sure. There's some rich history there. It's good to have those guys back in, in the arena.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um so shifting gears just a little bit um actually before we move on from kind of the college years there's recent news that the NCAA has kind of changed their name image likeness rule so if that rule had been when we were in college how would you have capitalized on sponsorships <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well I didn't even get Instagram until like my second or third year in school and I feel like a lot of kids are going to make good money off Real of that. good money. Oh yeah. So that that's that's interesting but the cool thing about Wichita, there's a lot of businesses that support yeah, Wichita are. State, so I'm I'm sure that's where I would have capitalized teaming yeah. up with whoever in this town because there's a lot of businesses that support Chakra Athletics and For sure. even even if you think about guys that I went to school with that ran track
1: mm-hmm. or even
0: the guys that played baseball. I mean, we had a Casey Gillespie, who was in our class, yeah, true, was a first rounder. Like you look at guys like that, and then you look at Austin Bonner, who was a
1: mm-hmm.
0: decathlete and went to a couple Olympic trials. Like these guys could have had a, a tremendous opportunity when yeah. you look at in nil. Like so that that would have been really cool to see in our era. Uh, but as far as capitalizing, I, I know there was a lot of really really cool businesses in town that would have definitely helped out their fellow Shockers throughout mm-hmm. the years.
2: Oh, for sure. Um, Okay, so when did you know or when did you think you had a shot to go to the NBA?
0: Probably the final four year when we played Louisville. Matching up with Peyton Siva and Russ Smith, guys that played in the NBA a few years. I think bringing up the basketball at the court when those guys are guarding me and seeing Mm -hmm. how big they were, I was bigger than them. and yeah. I had a really solid final four game. I I just gained a lot of confidence from that year. And then and I truly knew it my sophomore year when we started winning all those games. And I had a really great staff when I was there and they they made sure to push me each and every day. And when I was working out with Fred and to Kel Cotton and mm-hmm. those guys and I was doing some of the things they were I just gained confidence being alongside them as well. Yeah, for sure. So that was the the three biggest things that kind of gave me that that outlook into the yeah. future, knowing and gave me that confidence, like I said, and knew that was an opportunity that presented itself down the road as being in the NBA.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure it didn't hurt having like T'Kell guard you in practice or Fred guarding you in practice. Right. Those are some tough guys to kind of defend mm-hmm. against you and learned how, what right. you can do, what you can't do, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. The, the year we were undefeated, uh, I remember going to coach Marshall's office and telling him, Hey, when we do five on five, don't, don't put Fred <laughs> on my team. Like we gotta, we have to go against each other. Cause yeah. if we, like, if we want to get, keep getting better each and every day, got to make ourselves better. And I remember every, every day we were never, not once, hardly were we ever on the same team that undefeated year, which was, which was great for both of us in that aspect.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what was it like? You said you always remember your first game. What was it like, your first game, whether – I don't know if it was away, home. The first game you got in an NBA, what was that like, stepping in front of that many people?
0: So my first game was at MSG. Uh, it was a preseason game. I think we were playing uh, the Celtics or the Wizards. Uh, how it works is usually in the preseason you try to play one West Coast mm-hmm. team and then you try to just play teams uh, around
1: mm-hmm. –
0: your geolog geographical site. So we played Brooklyn, uh, DC and the Celtics, but I think we're playing the Celtics and I remember warming up and then ended up starting the second half. Mm. And when I got on that court, MSG sells out every single game. And, you know, all these fans are kind of looking at me like, who's this guy. (laughs) And when I stepped on the floor, it just felt like every single basketball memory and just ran right through my body like Mm -hmm. the the jitters and all the just the best feeling a kid could ever imagine the adrenaline's rolling you're at the pinnacle you're at your dream Mm -hmm. like there's no you can't get any higher than nba other than maybe the olympics or Mm -hmm. something along those lines but i mean I, i was there so it was very surreal uh knowing that the 20 plus years I put into it the sacrifices my family had made for me to be successful. All the teammates, all the great coaches I had, it, it came full circle and I had finally made it. It was a very surreal mm-hmm. moment.
2: Yeah. Especially like you said, in MSG, Madison Square Garden is kind of like the Mecca of basketball, right? It's kind of like, that really is the highest level. Like obviously there's like LA and Chicago and stuff like that, but like MSG yeah. is kind of where it's at.
0: Yeah. It was probably the only NBA city and stadium that sold out every single game
1: mm-hmm.
0: and part part of the reason is because of MSG and the history behind it yeah and just always having fans there was was awesome you know unfortunately there are some NBA stadiums that don't sell out every game so we right. were definitely spoiled from that yeah absolutely
2: that yeah how hard is it as somebody I mean you didn't play a ton you got you got your minutes mm-hmm. you got to play how hard is it to kind of come off the bench cold like that and it be expected to perform. Yeah, it like, wasn't.
0: It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the easiest, but at the end of the day you're making tremendously good money and you have yeah. to be a professional. You got to be ready, you got to Yeah. do whatever you got to do because when your name's called, you got to
3: Yeah.
0: do the best you can in those minutes. You, mm-hmm. you can't be the guy that's like, "Well, I am only played 7 minutes. I can't right, get right. a rhythm." Well, there's 13 other guys that can come in and yeah. do better. So, you're on the same team, but at the end of the day, you're, everyone's kind of battling for those minutes. So you just mm-hmm. have to be a pro
3: Yeah, take, absolutely. Take,
0: take care of your body and make sure, make sure you're ready. Yeah. Did you get
2: star, tr- star struck at all? Whether it was your own teammates with the Knicks or cause there was some all-time greats on your team at that time, or just who you played against. Mm-hmm. Did you get star struck at all.
0: The first day I met my teammates in New York, uh, I remember meeting Derek Rose and that's, also, another surreal moment. Oh, like, yeah. why am I in this gym right now playing pickup <laughs> right. with these guys? Yeah, you know, other than Kay Felder, who was the, a late pick in in my draft class that went to Cleveland,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and hit my roster was pretty much just as good as him when you look on it. Look at it on paper. I mean, mm-hmm. we had Joaquin Noah, who was an All NBA player at one point. Carmelo, same thing. We had Derek Rose, youngest MVP ever. Mm -hmm. Brandon Jennings who scored 50 plus in a game at Milwaukee Mm -hmm. and a few others and just kind of looking around a gym here and there you just catch yourself just looking at your teammates Mm -hmm. like wow this is incredible this is a pretty cool moment right
2: that's really cool so I'd
0: say Derek uh had some I had a few run-ins with certain celebrities when I was there uh but once once you realize like certain actors or certain singers or even certain players are just normal people like yourself. <laughs> right. Like, it just becomes kind of like a foreign, you know, foreign deal where you're just like, well, yeah, I'm like, that's, that's Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller and our friends. Like, he's he, he just a normal dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So like I was going to say that was a, that the video there. I ran
2: across or came across too. I remember yeah. seeing was you diving out of bounds and kind of dapping up Ben Stiller after he, he caught yeah. you and everything. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Those were that was another cool thing about msg is just all the the actors that are oh, in yeah. town doing different different things they stop in at a game and that's that was really cool to see like 50 cents and ben stiller sting all these cool yeah really famous people but they're they're just you know they're regular people mm-hmm. watching a, a game so it was yeah, yeah. very very surreal
2: and on the flip side of that I think I heard this on a, another podcast from a couple of years back on ESPN or something but um when you were coming into the stadium once or twice they <laughs> security stopped you to see if you were actually a player or not
0: <laughs> Yeah well I didn't it was my first time driving in New York so I was one nervous from that aspect mm-hmm. and two I didn't really know how to get into the guard <laughs> So I'm calling a, a an assistant of RGM and I'm like hey how do I get in here Like, oh, do this, do that. Finally getting into the entrance and it's gated. And I'm just sitting there and the security guards like basically telling me to get out of the way. And I'm like telling him to come here. So I roll down the window and I'm like, hey, I'm Ron Baker. I'm 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 on the team, I'm playing. And he's like, kind of like not he wasn't laughing at me, but he kind of had that look like, dude, you're in a Hyundai Sonata. What? what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. He radios in and they're like, Hey, yeah. And there's a New York accent. Like, Hey, yeah, man, I got Ron Baker out here. Is he really on the team? <laughs> <laughs> and then they, and then he's like, Mr. Baker, I'm sorry about that, man. I was like, it's all right. I just got on the team three weeks ago. So right. no hard feelings, Yeah, but I need, mistake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I need to you get to shoot to be around. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> um, who was the hardest or toughest player that you had to guard?
0: My rookie year, I think the toughest guy was John Wall, actually. Yeah. He was one of those players that was, he was a change, change speed guy. When I say that, he, he would always, he kind of play lackadaisical.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And then right yeah. when you relax, he would see it. And then boom, he's, he's explosive, gone.
3: quick. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Probably yeah. one of the faster players in the NBA in 2017 that I, yeah, for that sure. I faced. I never got to play against Kyrie. But like he had a really really good season that year mm-hmm. uh, but he set out all the games that we played against him
3: sure he was John Wall
0: was, was a very tough cover and i I've, I've always told people that i just remember him being super super fast and sure. when i would get into games i was always the guy that would pick up full court and mm-hmm. try and try and harass you and make you tired because that, that was the only advantage I had was my endurance. Right. So all, the, all these other guys were more explosive and faster than me. Mm-hmm. But I tried my best to wear them down. And I remember going in that game, I looked at Kurt Rambis, and he's like, don't do that. Don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, get burned. <laughs> yeah, you're about to get toasted. And I was like, okay, we're not doing mm-hmm. that anymore.
2: Well, I, I mean, I think that's two of the things that people always said about you was just how tough you were and kind of the hustle aspect. Like, you might not have been the biggest, the fastest, the best shooter, but you always right. – could outheart people. And I mean, I think, again, that's kind of the Midwestern value, right? Work harder than mm-hmm. people, especially Western Kansas. Um, but so you battled some injuries kind of throughout. So what was the transition from the Knicks? Um, I think you had a short stint in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the sure. next kind of step like?
0: So I had back-to-back seasons where I tore my shoulder in January and February. Uh, so being away from the game, it, it made me kind of realize that this is, this is part of, the game. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a part of being a pro. You got to focus now on getting healthy, uh, spent my last year with the wizards. I think with them, I was with DC for six weeks or so, got waved a week later, hurt my shoulder, had surgery. Saw him out mm-hmm. that, that rest of that year. Yeah. Uh, but I had to, you know, rehab, I had to get my shoulder right. And in that August I signed with, a team out of moscow in the euro league mm-hmm. and you know for them to give me an opportunity coming off of two years of being injured shows that they respect me yeah. and my agent and ended up going over there in mid-august uh, was pretty pretty was going over there open-minded but at the same time pretty nervous i yeah i knew it was clear across the world but i had talked to a few, a few guys that were on the team that I knew of, and they assured me that, you know, Moscow's a safe city, and we we were one of the better teams over there, and sold me on it. I uh, was over there for eight months before we came home for COVID, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: that last season, I just came to the realization that being over there and being away from people I love here in the yeah. States was just not something I was really thrilled about, and wasn't really looking forward to going back over there
1: Right
0: this next season, which would have been 2021. Mm-hmm. And my, my left hip was starting to bug me to an extent where I was having trouble sleeping. I, I was never comfortable yeah. sitting down for long periods of time was tough and just felt like it was time for me to come home and really evaluate if I wanted to keep playing. And I just didn't, you know, I got honestly say I didn't have, all my heart and going over there and playing the game. I I still love the game, but it it just wasn't mentally something I wanted to, to go through. But I will say the experience of being in Moscow and having the perception of what the world is like on the other side Mm -hmm. is, is, is very, very, very cool. You see a lot of a different culture. You get to see a lot of the world, some beautiful areas over in Europe. uh, And there's, a lot of places that have a lot of history Mm -hmm. i think as americans we don't really understand how old our country is right you go over to israel you go over to the middle east you go to russia spain all those all those towns have so much history and it's really really neat to see
2: yeah for sure do they speak any english over there is it all russian
0: so moscow moscow in the city you'll you'll run into someone at a restaurant that Will speak good enough english for you to to order okay. uh, a lot of their menus are uh, bilingual so you'll mm-hmm. have a russian menu and an american yeah, yeah. Uh, menu um it kind of just depends on when you go somewhere it just depends on that person and what their right. background is yeah uh, there's 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 some people in russia that really don't don't care for americans like they yeah. don't they don't want to help you get a meal they don't really want to have a conversation with you Uh, there's some times where you might say you know hey how are you even in russian and they kind of look at you well why are you asking me i i don't know you so that was that was an adjustment to the language barrier but there's also a lot of russians that you meet that are really interested in your story which is cool to see that they they really wanted to see what america was like and there was a lot of cool areas where you could go and you could find those people. And it was comforting. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you pick up any Russian while you were over there?
0: I picked up just the basics. It's kind of Uh, a tough language. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No. I remember talking to one of my teammates that was from Russia and he, he told me that their alphabet was one of the toughest alphabets in the world to, to
3: learn. I believe it. Yeah.
0: And I don't, I'm not sure. I didn't get into details why, but I think it's just a really tough language to compare to other languages Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is to make sense.
3: Yeah, for sure. Because
0: some of it, some of it's even based off of tone.
3: Mm. Like
0: if you say a certain word in a certain tone, it, it it means a totally different thing.
3: Right.
0: Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I I learned some basic Russian and I had, I had some cool Russian teammates who were bilingual and helped me out Yeah. when we would go places. And I I made, I made it through (laughs) eight months over there. So I I had to learn some.
2: That's more than most people could make it. So, um, (laughs) So you back, you came back for COVID. So you've been back for whatever, a year, almost a year and a half, whatever it, what it is. Um, what are you up to now? What are you doing? Are you planning on sticking around sure. Wichita?
0: Yeah. So in January, my childhood best friend uh, from Utica actually was living here in Wichita and he sold me a home. Okay. So I've been, I've been in my new home since early January. Nice. So I'm looking forward to calling Wichita home i i really enjoy it here just because you're one phone call away from whatever you need whether Mm -hmm. that be a person or you can get a hold of pretty much anyone in this town there's a lot
3: of generous
0: people here too Mm -hmm. Uh, i think i'm not sure what the article was but i was reading that in the nation we're like top five in generosity when it comes Mm. to i believe it our town is and and that's that's just the reason i kind of wanted to live here i feel like people are my speed, they're, they're nice. They care mm-hmm. for one another. I don't think I've ever heard someone who lives in Wichita say they don't like it here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's if people live here. It's because they want to, they want to live here and they want to better the city that they live in.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, so right now I've been doing a lot of networking here mm-hmm. in Wichita. I've reconnected with a lot of people who I met with in college. And it's been nice because when you're a pro, you come back and you see those people and it's mm-hmm. usually just small talk. Like they know I'm busy, so I got to get, right. get to whatever I got to get to. But now it's been great. Even working with the TBT is going to see some of these people, some of these even sponsors here in town mm-hmm. and reconnecting with them. I met them in college, but now I'm home and I'm staying put and yeah. I can start building those relationships once again and strengthen them
2: yeah it's a little bit slower pace for you now and as long as you're not late for your tea time you're good to go yeah
0: man if anybody wants to come out to Teradine, i'm usually out there about three three days a week working on my swing i still haven't got my handicap down but
1: hey, it's i usually have
0: a good time i usually have a good time out there
2: yeah as long as you've got frank camp on your golf team you're good to go right
0: that kid's a he's a stick we played uh last week actually uh him and eddie fawn and and a couple others out there we we usually hit it around about once a week. There's a good younger crew that's our age out there and it's nice. it's a club I've, I've grown to love a lot. The people awesome. out there are really nice. And Andover's a, as you know, is a is a very, very cool town.
2: Oh yeah, it's very cool. Well, I'm not much of a golfer, but we can go play pickleball sometimes. So
0: there you go. I, I love some you know, pickleball. Um there's those courts are going up like wildfire around. Every every park so. they're <laughs> popping
2: up. It's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um So I have got some just kind of various questions that I ask all the guests. So these are the same questions. Um, so first off, what is something you often recommend to people? It could be a book, um, podcasts, anything like that.
0: Okay. Um, I'll just go with book first. I started reading a book during COVID called burn your goals.
3: Okay.
0: It's a Josh Gordon. Uh, he's, he's a great follow on Instagram as well. Uh, Basically, burn your goals, meaning, hey, you need to go into every day of your life. Stop focusing on your goals. Focus mm-hmm. on today. Focus on treating others right. Focus on whatever task you have. Work it like it's the last one you'll mm-hmm. ever get. I really enjoyed that uh, podcast. I've been listening to a dose of leadership. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a guy out of, out of Andell. He has some really cool uh, guests on. Richard Ryerson's his yep. name met him a few times and that would be a podcast I'd recommend.
2: Yeah. I I had him on a while back. He's a great guy. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah, He's really good. He's he's a nice guy.
0: He's a super, super good guy. Has a very good story. Mm -hmm. Ex Marine. He's, he's a great, great human being. Uh, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big foodie. So when I have friends and family in town, I always recommend certain places to go. Uh, There's a lot of, unique franchises that i call them franchises you know how it is sure there's one sure. In east side west side and yeah yeah maybe downtown uh been going to ziggy's a lot out mm-hmm. east there's you know family owned and ran and oh, it's yeah. a very very good atmosphere i like getting to their place at least once a week it's on <laughs> my way home from it's Paradise, so good, yeah
1: so <laughs>
0: that's what that's what i enjoy the most but obviously having chicken and pickle here is great yeah it's nice you know, the owner's the owners out of Kansas City, and they they were excited to bring that out here to the market. Um, yeah. But other than that, golf, pickleball, diggies mm-hmm. that's that's about all Ron Baker does nowadays, and hangs hey. out with. It's a pretty good family. life. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's going awesome. pretty good.
2: Good, good. um This next one is: What is your favorite failure in any aspect of your life? Hmm. Put you on the spot a little bit. Take your time.
0: Yeah. I I I, I, I you know, at the top of my head I probably can't think of something what I would say is the biggest failure I've ever had is just let down. I, I don't know what it was, but I've I've let my mom and dad down a few times in my life. Mm-hmm. And when you when you do that, it's a good learning moment because those are the people that do the most for you. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that sacrifice their time. Yeah. Sometimes there are opportunities to put you in good positions and when I let them down, it, it eats at me and it's not a feeling I enjoy.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: that feeling is also something I can use to learn from to make sure something like that were to never happen again.
2: Yeah, for sure. What is your definition of success?
0: How do you define success? Well, there was a I don't know if it was a book or maybe just a tweet I ran by the other day and it actually might be in bring your goals, but it was talking about who are you on the last day you're on earth. So you're not defined by how much, you know, your, your, your bank accounts got, you're not defined on all sorts of things. You're not defined by, we'll say, but when you're on your deathbed, what did you do to make sure those around you were impacted? what did What did you do to get people to enjoy your company, get the people to enjoy your character? Mm-hmm. And i I'll circle back to this, but just treating others right is yeah. become very important in today's society. And when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to talk about, like I said, money. You're not going to talk about certain things. like they're just going to talk about how you impacted. Mm -hmm. those that were in your life. And that's how I think success is defined.
1: Yeah.
2: I love that. Um, Tell me about a life motto you live by, or what is some of the best advice you've ever received?
0: Um, My best advice, it sounds cheesy, but in third grade, my mom was my teacher and the first day of class, she writes up, treat others how you want to be treated. And as a third grader, I'm sure you're guilty of this too. You're, <laughs> you're all fired up for school and you kind of look past that, but when you circle back and really evaluate what that means, it's, it's something I think everyone should definitely live by. It, it means so much to, to treat others right. Cause at the end of the day, you never know when you're going to need, you know, their aid or their help. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your uh, first question? Uh, it was just kind
2: of all together. Life motto, best advice. Whatever.
0: Oh, left life motto is uh, behind my bar here. I have a a piece of, uh, it's like a two by four my grandma mm-hmm. made for me and she carved in WTD. And it means when the day
1: mm-hmm.
0: I wake up and every morning, I don't have a lot going on right now, but in the future, that's kind of going to be yeah. my motto. Uh, each day is something we should all be grateful for. We got to use it mm-hmm. the best we can and, it all kind of circles toward how you're, you're treating others, how, what you're doing to mm-hmm. impact those around you. And when the day is something I've always enjoyed to say, I've always enjoyed to hit when the day <laughs> mm-hmm. out to all my people on Snapchat. So oh, yeah, that's, 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 that's my motto right now.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think most of the, the best life mottos and the best advice is usually simple, pretty cliche, but it's yeah. cliche for a reason because it's true. And
0: yeah, sometimes yeah. when you, when you make a motto too long, it can make you overthink right. what you're actually trying to do. I think yeah. the simpler we live and breathe each day, it definitely is going to make life easier for those around us and ourselves.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, what is a habit that you've developed over the past few years that's most improved your life?
0: Hmm. I'm a big birthday person. Okay. So anytime I see someone that has a birthday on my Snapchat or mm-hmm. on Twitter, or if I randomly see someone on Instagram that has yeah. a birthday, I always, I always try to say happy birthday to them. Because I, I know on my birthday, it's it's just a warm feeling in your soul when random people hit you with a happy birthday. So that habit's been something I've been yeah, trying that. to continually grow on. Once that's, again, simple. but
2: That's a new one. No one it, said that on the podcast it, yet. I like it's that. Easy,
0: it's, it's easy to not do those things, like do yeah. that like it's just easy to keep on with your day but yep takes like two seconds but it can make their yeah. day yeah yeah exactly and they probably got hundreds of people wishing them happy birthday but for me it's it's a super kind gesture that we can all do to those have birthdays
2: yeah for sure um so we you mentioned a couple of your favorite parts about wichita but what is your favorite part of wichita what's a hidden gem in wichita
0: hmm Hidden gym. There's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to do, especially when you come from Western Kansas, there's a lot of (laughs) unique, unique areas Mm -hmm. and and places to go. Uh, Before I got my home, my friends and I, we spent a lot of time at Walt East. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's an older establishment. And sometimes the people in there are a little older, but we would always go in the back and play pool. I enjoyed playing pool and I actually had some some nights there with like carl hall ahime rupke demetrik yeah. williams guys that were on the final four team and we were able to get back there and play some pool that's a, a hidden gym that's been around for a while and once again they got an east side a west side but the <laughs> one out one out east is has been a place that i always enjoyed yeah going. it's got a lot of character and even the food's pretty solid too
2: oh yeah we live pretty close to that we love waltz yeah great choice um is there anything you wish wichita had that it doesn't or what would you improve about wichita
0: hmm. well obviously i think it, it's gonna need improvement coming off of 2020 but yeah i'm definitely satisfied with the downtown area it's always been a place i can go and enjoy my time with my friends uh, i did see a tweet a while back about the potential stuff with century two mm-hmm. i don't know how legit any of that was or if it's even there's some
2: actual possible. legit plans and there's some yeah. ridiculous plans so, so who knows
0: i thought i thought we were going to be like the next dubai when i looked at that oh I, yeah it's like it a roller coaster impressive.
2: and gondolas and oh yeah And
0: you you probably know more history on century two but it would be really cool to just see that that area blossom mm-hmm. i don't i don't know how well it does right now but sure i know i know wichita loves having traffic through the city especially with the new wind surge team oh yeah bringing them here gets more people out and about so Mm -hmm. maybe seeing maybe seeing century two blossom and seeing our downtown district continue to grow yeah it's always it's always cool to see what new buildings are going up east and west but yeah it'd be really neat to see a little a little not change but a Mm. little blossom in that area downtown
2: I think there's a lot of plans whether we keep century two or not. Uh, mm-hmm. I won't put you on the spot right now. Cause there's some pretty uh, avid fans of both sides of the debate, whether we should keep century two sure. or demolish it. But have you been down to the yeah. riverfront stadium?
0: Yeah, I went to Wichita State's game down okay. in yeah. Houston. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a win game with my brother about two or three weeks ago. Nice. Very, very impressed with what it's become. I'm That's really cool. excited to see, that area, Delano, how how it's going to change. Mm-hmm. I, there's been some apartments go up there.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, the Monarchs are great. Another mm-hmm. hidden gym. That's perfectly
2: located. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. How about that? I mean, they've always been a solid place, but now with mm-hmm. that location, it, it's probably a area that's yeah. definitely jumped up on real estate prices. For oh, for sure. sure. But yeah, it's that's the cool thing about Wichita. I think there are a lot of people that come up with those ideas as far as bringing that team here they obviously love the area and now Mm. we our generation gets to see that area blossom yeah for sure it's going to be really cool to see how it how it pans out and the team's obviously fun to watch and people love going there especially this time of year
2: yeah it's a top-notch stadium and we were driving by we were going to eat at uh rubens mexican place right down there in Delano, and. I didn't even realize I think it's Sycamore is the those apartments, because there's the river Vista okay. right on the river. And then there's another one right yeah. there. And I'm like, man, these are crazy nice. And it's so cool. I get the young families or young professionals, whoever's living down there. And yeah, within walking distance of everything is great. Like you could just walk to the games. And that's awesome.
0: Yeah, it would it would be neat to see what age of of people are going to start kind of mm-hmm. gravitating towards that, that sure. area, because you can get some you know people that are fresh out of college, single, oh, yeah. outgoing, wanting to get through that area. Like it's going to continue to grow
1: mm-hmm.
0: the 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 places around there. It'd be, it's just going to be cool to see, man. I hope I hope that area becomes something fun and people like ourselves can go down and enjoy.
2: Absolutely. So I just have one more question. Um, what does Wichita mean to you?
0: Well, it's it's home. I've I've never felt like I've ever been mistreated here. My, my folks live three and a half hours away in Western Kansas. It's a, not a short drive, but it's a decent drive for them to come visit me. My sister moved back here. So it's good to have family in this area. I've always felt like this could be a place where I could grow as an individual. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends from college live here and reside here. So when I moved here, it was just a fit, uh, this place means a lot to me i've got here as a kid and i've become a man and it's it's been very 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 good to a kid that you know grew up in Utica Kansas for me to call wichita home is is something i don't don't take very lightly it's it's very important
2: I love that, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you to kind of follow your GM journey as you lead the aftershocks to a TBT championship and a million bucks? Um, where can people find you on socials and
0: that kind of sure. stuff? Yeah, I'm, I'm on Instagram. Uh, it's my first and last name, Ron Baker, 620 or Ron Baker 31 on Twitter. I think, um, yeah, I've, I'm looking forward to TBT. I'm looking forward to you know my transition as a person moving into my new home and Uh, I feel like I'm in the right city and I truly do appreciate what you do on Twitter with this, with this, you know, platform that you've created. Um, Who would have thought, man, who would have thought 2011 dorms? (laughs) Here we are. Look at us.
2: (laughs) Look at us. Well, again, man, I appreciate it. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how the aftershocks do, see what you're up to. Um, We'll have to catch up again soon and we'll walk in touch
0: yeah man keep up the good work yeah
2: Yeah, let's go play some pickleball soon (laughs) have a good one man (laughs) alright bud thank you again to everyone that listened to this episode of the Wichita Life Podcast if you enjoyed please rate and review our podcast on whatever app you use if you have any recommendations please reach out at wichitalifeict at gmail.com thanks again